everybody, Chuck Carter here, lead pastor, Family Church, Central Florida. So glad that you joined us for our Family Church podcast. And today is podcast number nine. nine. Dude, it's number nine, and it's almost season finale. That's right. Next week is our season finale. We're yep. going to take a little late summer break mm-hmm. and come back with an incredible lineup this fall. Amen. And my name is Felipe Menges. I am your online host and pastor here at Family Church. And today we're going to talk about how we consider ourselves a multi-generational church. And Chuck and I, we're going to discuss this amazing topic. Stay tuned. Hey, Felipe, I'm really pumped about today's topic. I'm too. You know, um, we've said as this podcast, we want to be able to help the local church, Mm -hmm. whether that's the leader of the church or or a pastor in the church or whether it's just the church member. We hope that this podcast brings some value. That's right. And, of course, we're taking this season to talk about things we've learned as a church, Mm -hmm. right? And at Family Church, we say we're multi. We have multi-church. We're we're multi Campus, multiculture, multiculture, um, service. We're multi-service, yeah. And today I want to talk about being multi-generational. Awesome. And and what I really mean by multi-generational is, um, well, just think of it in this way. Mm-hmm. Most most churches do a good job of reaching one generation. Yeah, we've seen this a lot in our community. Yeah, yeah. But when that generation ages out and they've not reached the next generation, mm-hmm. the church becomes irrelevant yeah. first, then the church yeah. dies, yeah. and we've lost uh, just huh. a whole generation through that church. So I want us to talk about how we are intentionally reaching the next generation so that we're raising up multi-generationals intentionally within our church. So when you say multi-generational church, can you be more specific or give us a bigger idea or picture what this multi-generational church will look like? So there is a lot of churches out there today Mm -hmm. where the average age is 75, 80, 85 years old. I see, yeah. Uh, They're in a building that can seat 250, 300, Mm -hmm. and they have 20 people showing up on Sunday. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen it. And and the only reason they haven't closed their doors, there's still a little bit of money in the bank. Mm -hmm. There's some people who are gathering there. Um, but as soon as, you know, a few more funerals, that church is going to close down. Why? Because there became a day where they were no longer, they never targeted the next generation and they just grew old. Yeah. The real worry right now is my generation, the boomers who built the big churches, Mm -hmm. who filled them up. And now the boomers are becoming old and I'm a young boomer. So I, um, I, still work. I'm not retired yet. But a lot of the older boomers that I really have retired, but many are actually passing away. Yeah. And um, a lot of those boomer churches aren't doing a good job of reaching the next generation. They are. So the very same thing is going to happen as Mm -hmm. they get older if they're not intentional about reaching the next generation. Mm -hmm. So we define a generation as a group of people born within a certain uh, time span it's and about 20 years. About 20 years, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, it's getting shorter now with It is technology. getting shorter. Yes, okay. it is. It's, it's dropping to 14, 14, 15. Yeah, and I, I don't think it'll be long until it'll be 10, 10 yeah. 7, yeah. 5 years, right? Yeah. Because technology changes things so quickly. But as a pastor, I can speak to people about 10 years older and 10 years younger than mm-hmm. me 
because we've experienced same things, right? We're a generation that that experienced things. So I want to talk about those generations and what shaped them, and then I want us to talk about how we as a church nice. are addressing that. All right, let's go. So those churches, they're filled with 80-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's called the greatest generation. They got their name through a book that Tom Brokaw, who mm-hmm. was a famous broadcaster, wrote a book on that generation. This generation was shaped by things like the Great Depression. Mm. So they believed you know, that there's scarcity, that, that you, you have to hold on to things. They were shaped by World War Two. They World were, War II. They were shaped by the Korean conflict. And so these are those that are about 78 years or older. Mm-hmm. They would be very institutional loyal. So mm-hmm. they believed in the government. They believed politics. They believed in their bank. Mm-hmm. They believed in the church. Yeah. In more traditional overall. Right. Institutions were, you know, they really believed in them and supported them. Mm-hmm. They might go to work for a company and work their entire career at yeah. one company because they're going to be loyal to GM or they're going to be yeah. loyal, you know, to whatever company that they're working for. That's right. I've seen it. Well, after the greatest generation, when Johnny came walking home from marching home from war, they started having babies. Mm-hmm. And that produced <laughs> the boomer generation. It's called the boomer generation because uh-huh. it was the largest generation uh, of children in, uh, in America. These were born between 1946 and 1964. Hmm. I was born 1959 uh-huh. in October, so really almost 1960. So I'm a younger boomer. Uh, boomer. Yep. But our generation was um, really shaped by the Cold War. Yeah. I can remember in school, we had um, we had drills where we would get underneath our desk oh in my case gosh. a nuclear reaction. Okay, like that was going to save us, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> We've lost trust in some institutions. Uh Um, We also experienced the assassination of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King. Um, We saw what happened with Nixon and Watergate. And so we, uh, the Vietnam War really Mm -hmm. shaped our generation. And so we became a little bit less institutionally loyal. Mm -hmm. Our generation, uh, the boomers are anywhere between 59 and 77, which mm-hmm. means this. Most churches, they're still leading those churches. The average lead pastor of a large church is about 60 years old. That's right. And they're probably responsible for most of the tithes and offerings that are coming into they are. churches. Well, because right? they're, uh, you know, men and women that are mature in their profession or business and they're you know they're on the retiring mode so That's they right. have accumulated wealth enough to support the church in in so many different ways absolutely yeah. and by the way they would volunteer to serve and all of that mm-hmm. now we got the baby buster generation coming up <laughs> it's a baby bus because this is the smallest group boomers didn't have babies like the generation before us uh-huh. And then a lot of that has to do with the fact that boomers became two-income families, and there's some factors into that. But mm-hmm. the buster generation are those born between 1981 and 19—I'm uh, sorry, 1965 and 1980. So mm-hmm. already we're down to about 15 years. Um, 
They're called the Busters, again, because there weren't that many mm -hmm. uh, who were born. And, um, and this became the most educated generation up to that point. More, you know, when you, be, when you became a, a baby Buster, it was almost given that after high school you would go to college. Yeah. That wasn't the case with my generation. In fact, I would say maybe 20% of my high school graduation class went to college. Most went out got a job, were married within a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be anywhere from about 38 to 57, 58 years old. This gives birth to the millennials. And we've heard so many things about I am a millennial. You're a millennial. <laughs> Those born between 81 and 94. When were you born? Uh, 88. 88. Yes. Okay. So yeah. you're right there in the middle I'm right of there. a millennial. <laughs> right. And... Uh, and so now the world's changing rapidly. It is. You know, the world didn't change a whole lot between my parents' generation and my generation. Mm -hmm. But now we have a global um, economy. We, we, we have the Internet yes. now. Yeah. Uh, companies like Facebook are coming on the scene. Um, we have things like Google, yeah. LinkedIn. And all of these technologies were all created by millennials. Yeah, Pretty absolutely. much. Everything, the, the biggest... Like the big tech that we see today yeah. were created by millennials. It's millennials. Yeah. You were, your generation was shaped by 9-11. Mm -hmm. uh, it was also shaped by the 2008 economic collapse. Mm -hmm. You know, up until 2008, everybody thought your house was an asset, yeah. right? Here in Florida, because there was such a boom in building, when the economy tanked, people found out that their houses weren't worth nearly as much as they were paying for them. And, wow. and it, it, so it caused a lot of upheaval. This generation, mm -hmm. um, it, they'd be 29 to 37 years old. Uh, my generation showed our parents how to do the VCR. Your generation <laughs> showed their parents how to connect That's online right. and use a smartphone. That is right? correct. Yes. <laughs> so, so that gives you and some ideas. And we still ideas. do. <laughs> um, and then what, what would you say, before we go further, is mm -hmm. the one event that's really shaped your life, a global event or national event? For me, it was when, um, it was 9-11 for me. I okay. remember the day. I still remember getting home from school. Yeah. Um, and then my mom was watching the, the, the planes crashing in the tower, like the whole world stopped to watch it. and I was in Brazil and you were in Brazil yeah. and that shaped you it just shaped. imagine the people in America it, yeah right? I know the I millennials I can here. like this is the thing that I remember the most yeah, yeah. then we have the Gen Z's oh tricky ones <laughs> <laughs> 95 to 2012 obviously the pandemic is going to be their yeah. defining moment right uh but they this is known as the delayed generation Huh. They're delaying getting driver's license. I can't tell you how mm, many 18-year-old yeah. uh, Gen Zs I know yeah. who don't have a driver's yeah, license. Yeah, I have, I have Gen Z friends. They don't want to drive. Right. Don't They're delaying drive. buying a house. They're delaying getting a job. Mm -hmm. They're delaying getting married. Yeah. This is the first generation I ever heard of a gap year. Mm. Right? So they graduate high school. But they're just going to take a year off before they go to college. Yeah, just enjoying life. Yeah. Like they, they don't want to they, they don't want to buy a house because they want to be able to rent anywhere and and work remotely. So they can, they they don't have a house to take care of while they're traveling yeah. and working at the same time. Yeah, that's right. So this is the Instagram TikTok era, right? Yeah, and, and they rejected Facebook because Facebook is for their 
parents I, and grandparents. Yeah. And now TikTok is, is, you know, exploding when new social media is coming out every day. Like last week, the, the Meta just released a new one, Threads. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so this, these would be people 11 to 28 years old. So obviously they're still developing, you know, the 11-year-olds. So, um, so how does one church address all of yeah, those that, different that, issues? Yeah, that would be my next question. Like how as a church we can address all this generation keeping a healthy balance between them and making them support each other? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's key. Mm -hmm. Before I share what we're doing, let me share a story that has defined me in oh. this area. Okay. All right. There was a local church here in the area that had just run off their third pastor in five years. Mm. They have a worship center that holds about 500. And one time in the glory days, they filled it up. Hmm. They were down to about 75 people, mm. and the average age was 75. And so they asked me if I would come in and consult with them on reaching, on finding a new pastor. Uh -huh. So I went and met with the search team. I did some demographic studies. They actually have a preschool that's doing well at daycare. It's not, nice. you know, it's, it's connected with the church, but it's, uh -huh. so, so I, I did all of that and I discovered that the church was about 30 years older than the community around it, uh -huh. right? And so I went in with my recommendations after four or five meetings. And I sat down and I said, what you need to do is you need to look for a pastor who's going to reach your grandkids. Hmm. I said, your kids are in their 50s. That's a really good in call. in their 40s, yes. right? So you need to, to get a pastor who's going to reach your grandkids. They go, oh, that's great. And then finally one lady goes, well, what does that mean? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the killer because I said, well, mm. what that means is um, – you're not going to have hymn books anymore mm. that you're going to have to put in screens and you're going to put the words up on the screens. And it really means, look, they had money in the bank. So uh -huh. I said, it, it means you're going to have to dump about 150000 into technology for that. I said, it means you're going to have to have coffee on Sunday mornings yeah. and you're going to have to let them bring it into the worship center. Oh, right? <laughs> what it means is your pastor's not going to wear a suit and tie. They're going to wear jeans. You know, he's going to wear jeans <laughs> and be far more casual. Yeah. And uh, I go through all the things. I said, here's what it's going to mean. And I looked around, and there were like eight stunned faces, right? Oh, wow. And this one older gentleman <laughs> said, well, we're not going to do that. Hmm. And I can't tell you what I told them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I lost my faith for just a minute. <laughs> But basically, here's what I said. I said, you really don't even care about your grandkids as huh. long as you can hold on to your traditions. Huh. There we go. And, uh, and they didn't push back. You're right. And so I walked out of that meeting a changed person. Now, hmm. there's things I already knew, right? I was a student in the church, and I knew certain things. But, but I said, we got to change some things now. Now, at the time... We were running five campuses, I mean, five services on two campuses. I was preaching all of them, mm -hmm. and we were busting at the seams. If you didn't get here at time at the Windermere campus at 9.30 or 11, you might not get a seat. Everything, I say all that to say everything was going great, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But I knew I was getting older, mm. and the church would get older with me. Mm -hmm. And so I walked into an elders meeting, and I shared with them, and then I said, here's what I want to do. 
I want to take our largest service, our 930 service, and I want to get rid of the praise choir, and I want to put up a band up front. Very bold move. By the way, I'm not going to preach it anymore. Mm-hmm. I want us to go and hire a 30-year-old. Yeah. And then I want us to go to Lakeside <laughs> and do the very same thing there. Amen for elders who had vision. Amen. And understood yes. that. And they said, okay. Let's do it. Because when we announced it, when I announced that, at the 930 service, we probably lost 200 people churchwide and $200,000 making that decision. I believe. But... We made that t- we made that move, you and did. so we hired a guy named Marcio. I right? remember Marcio Pacheco. Yeah. He came in, and he's preaching at Lakeside. He's preaching at Windermere. Mm-hmm. He's preaching in skinny jeans, which <laughs> I doubted his salvation <laughs> at the time. Right, Marcio probably listened um, to this, <laughs> but uh, but he uh, communicated to a generation yeah. that was natural for him. It was because of him that I'm here today. That's it, right? Yeah. So look, I could learn everything I could about the millennials, Mm -hmm. right? But even if I had the right message, it's probably the wrong messenger. Yeah. Right? So Marcio was the right messenger Mm -hmm. with the right message. Yeah. And we saw that service start to grow and Mm -hmm. we saw it starting to reach more young people yeah. and kids ministry is oh. starting to grow. And when Marcio went to a pastor, be a lead pastor, we brought in Angel. Yeah. Angel's a millennial. It is. And uh, he speaks to that generation in a way that, quite honestly, I couldn't, right? Mm. Because he's of that generation and he's experienced the things that that generation so has So we share something in common so we can be in the same mind space. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I would probably talk about a Facebook post. Mm-hmm. You're not going to talk about no. a Facebook post, right? <laughs> That's right. And so it's important for that. So now let me, so at our Windermere campus, we have an 8 o'clock, a 9, 30, and 11. Mm-hmm. All three of those are distinctly different to reach a different yeah. generation. It is so important to keep this message clear because we have people coming to social media, mostly um, at fa- on Facebook, saying, hey, uh, when is the traditional service? Because I want to see the, 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 the quartet. Yeah, yeah. So we, w- we don't call it traditional, but mm-hmm. it's the 8 o'clock service. We do a hymn or two every week. Mm-hmm. Ray Lloyd leads it. He, he works well with our senior uh-huh. adults. Um, and so it's, it doesn't have a choir. It has, uh, the, like you mentioned, the quartet comes in once a month, yeah. and then pray, Ray will have a praise team up there. But every service has his own uh, personality. Yeah, That's what I'm trying to say. And, yeah. and the people who are there mm-hmm. are primor- primarily older boomers, mm-hmm. right? Now, w- there's going to be outliers everywhere. So there's some young people who come at 8 o'clock, you know, with kids and, and young singles. Mm-hmm. They'll come. But generally speaking... It's going to be a boomer, older boomer service, right? 9.30, we have a praise band yep. that you've sang in several times. And Neil leads yeah. and Angel preaches, uh-huh. right? That is a service that's really geared toward um, busters and millennials and even Gen Zs. Uh-huh. And, and um, it's totally different than the 8 o'clock. It is. And then we come back at 11 I'm preaching with Mark and a uh, kind of a Brooklyn Tab type feel choir, right? Mm -hmm. 
and that's going to reach um, older busters and younger it, boomers. It's a mix because this right? is the service that I go to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, all of them are going to have outliers. Mm -hmm. But we intentionally do those services to speak to different generations. Mm. So think about this. Yeah. It won't be long till we're going to start a Gen Z service. Yeah. And Angel's going to be too old. Yep. And we're going to have to hire somebody else this to come is, in and yeah, preach but that. This is amazing. Right? Yeah. And my Good goal stuff. is that we always are building so that our best days are ahead of us as a church. Awesome. Yeah. And we're always reaching the next generation. If you notice, most of the people we hire are in their 20s or 30s. They are, yeah. Right? And uh, we want to intentionally to build in the next generation. Mm -hmm. My goal is one day people show up at church and they go, where's that old dude who used to be here? Hmm. Right? Because I will fade with my generation, but it's not going to affect the church because we're building up these yeah. next generations. You might say that you're going to fade, but you're going to leave a legacy to us. <laughs> well, don't say that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I know about so that. So here's what I would say. <laughs> Churches that have a kid's service, they already have a multi-generational service mm -hmm. A church, right? Yeah. They, the kids aren't in the worship service because they understand they're not going to get as much out of it as their parents are. So there's a special kids' worship service mm -hmm. that's geared toward kids. And they get that. Mm -hmm. Well, just think about that with each one of these generations. Awesome. That we yeah. should have a service geared to those generations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, quite honestly, we're, we didn't do this when we were one campus, one service. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm a church that has the ability to go to two services, I'm going to implement this as much as I can. Yeah. It works. Right? Yeah. 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 I was coaching a, a pastor this morning. And uh, he has one service. It's pretty much a capacity. Mm -hmm. And I said, so don't replicate that service at the other hour. Do a different service where you're reaching a different demographic at that next hour. Nice. Because most churches, what they do is if they add a service, just the same service over and over, mm -hmm. right? And so let's get serious about targeting the next generation. Awesome. Yeah. Um, any, cool. any last thoughts on that? Well, I... Well, in, for me, um, when I came to the church, I came visiting here without even speaking English. I was able to connect with Marcio because he's a Brazilian yeah. raised right. guy. He he was not he don't used to speak English, uh, Portuguese back in the day. But he right. he knew a little few words. So he is from he was born in America. He was born in Oh no, no he, he was, was born, born in Brazil in real. But he lived life. here his whole yeah. childhood and yeah, life. Right. Yeah. But uh, the thing that connect us was the way that he was delivering the message. Even me being someone that trying to connect with the new culture in America, trying to find a church, I was able to because the crowd around me, the people around me wasn't the same kind of demograph. Right. And my wife and I, we don't have kids. So right. a bunch of young adults with no kids or um, j just fresh married couples. Yes. So, and these were our team and our people so we had a small group of these people and we, we this is where we we got our family our friends yeah so yeah. this Here's is what i would say awesome. to every leader every member be aware of who's in your church and, mm -hmm. and even more importantly who's not in your church yeah be aware of who you could possibly reach now look you're not going to be able to reach everybody mm -hmm. and and most churches aren't even going to be able to reach more than a couple generations yeah. right but I will say this, if you focus on kids' ministry, that's going to automatically keep you young. Yeah, it will. Right? 
And what I've discovered is grandma and grandpa don't mind sitting in a service they don't really care for as long as their kids and their grandkids are in church, sure. right? Uh-huh. And so focus on kids' ministry, and if possible, start a second service. Amen. So for today's, we have somebody has to say it. Chuck, what have you bring to us? All right. You know, next season, let me just say this. Next okay. season, I'm saving the stuff I'll get in trouble for. Okay. <laughs> First season, I'm Come just on, trying to be calm. With that. Just trying to be calm. <laughs> it's all right. So we're sitting at our Windermere <laughs> campus, oh. and outside is Main Street. Okay. If you come in from the north on Main Street, mm -hmm. it's 30 miles an hour. It is. Everybody knows this because if you go 33 miles an hour, you may get pulled over, right? Yes, the cop is always around. It's 30 miles an hour. Yes. But if you go right past the roundabout, it's mm -hmm. 25 miles an hour. It drops into five. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Does that for probably 10, 12 blocks. Yeah. And then it turns into Chase Street. Uh-huh. Okay. Once it turns into Chase, it's 45 miles it an hour. It jumps to 45, yes. Right. So as you know, I preach at the Windermere campus. I drive to Lakeside, preach there, and then drive back to I the know Windermere the campus. Yep. So I'll leave here. <laughs> I'm behind somebody going 25 miles an hour on the south side of Main Street. They turn onto Chase Avenue, and guess what they do? Keep 25. They keep going <laughs> 25 miles an hour, which, by the oh way, my it's gosh. double yellowed stripes, so I can't you pass can, them. You can't cut. Yeah. So I am 45 miles an hour is the speed limit. They're going 25 miles. <laughs> Look, it's satanic, right? It's, the Lord is testing my faith. I don't know what it is. Right before service. If you're on your Sunday drive, just enjoy uh, Get off of Chase Street, okay? <laughs> Just go up and down Main Street if you want yeah. to do 25. Because I have places to go, people to I see, agree. and things to do, right? I agree. I agree. So here's what I believe. Oh. Here's how everybody ought to see it. The speed limit really ought to be thought about the minimum speed you should be going <laughs> on that road. Well, okay? I, used, I used to have a Mustang. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So if you're on the interstate and the speed limit's 70, that means it's a 70 is the slow lane, <laughs> okay? Because <laughs> everybody knows. I know. You can go 80. Yeah. No policeman's going to no. pull you yeah, over at fine. 80. So, <laughs> this is so Florida. please, people, <laughs> learn how to drive and go quick. We got places to go, people to see, and things to do. Amen. Enjoy it, Felipe. All right, guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. If you found this information relevant to you or someone you know, please share, like, comment. Let us know what you think about these topics. And stay tuned for the next time. I'm going to be here with Pastor Chuck and one special guest. Thank you so much for your time. Mm -hmm.